Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Say, I got to get it into my life. Got to get it. Never mind. There's a song that I'll spare you. <clears throat> uh, and when I say get as far as got to get it, what I mean is we've got to have a greater understanding of it. Uh, if we are going to grow in grace, then we have to have a greater understanding. And God wants to give us a good foundation of how grace works in us. I've been preaching now and teaching for 40, over 42 years. And so that's a while. And so from the beginning, uh, I, I have been teaching and I've been preaching for 42 years on this subject of grace, and uh, I've always understood that grace was God's unearned, unmerited, unlimited favor. And so I've, I've carried that definition with me through my Christian life, but I will tell you, probably uh, more in the last 10 years even, I've gotten a more clear understanding of how grace works in my life, and it has really helped me. Uh, Knowing God's grace and growing in God's grace has helped me be more secure because I realize that my relationship with God isn't just dependent on me and me and my performance, you know, me doing everything right all the time. Uh, I believe we ought to do right all the time, don't you? But our, our relationship with God isn't about our performance and how good we're doing, you know. Uh, So I'm more secure in my relationship with God because I realize even though I'm still kind of me, I'm all right with God because grace, right? So I'm more secure. Not only that, but I've grown more in confidence in ministry because I realize grace enables me. So tonight, my teaching, uh, you know, what I'm doing tonight, when I teach, when I preach, whatever I do in pastoring, whatever I do in serving God, I'm depending on God's grace to help me. And so we can grow in grace and become, and this is why I'm teaching this class, is because God wants all of us to be more secure in Him, our relationship with Him. And so that we are more confident in our lives. Don't you want to be more confident in, in, in the possibilities of what God could do in your life? And that comes by understanding grace, because grace enables us. That's what grace does in us. It enables us. It gives us ability. And so you say, enables me to what? To be and to do whatever God has called us to be and do. And so we're going to find out next week uh, some of how God, God's grace helps us to even pull off living the Christian life. So we get saved by grace, but we can't live the Christian life apart from grace. We've got to have God's help, God's ability to be able to live for Him. And so we'll, we'll talk about that more next week, okay? So A, grace is part of the good news. The blank is good news of the gospel. Acts chapter 20 and verse 24 says, but none of these things move me, 
<clears throat> nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the minister, ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now, most of you know gospel means good news. So the good news tonight is grace. The good news is the grace of God. Of all the important truths that we live by as Christians, grace is one of the most important for us to get. If we do not have an understanding, if we don't get grace right, then everything else in our Christian life is going to be wrong. Now, I know that sounds like kind of a, a, a wild statement, but I am not overstating this. Our understanding of grace and what it does is so important uh, because if we don't get it, everything else is going to be off in our lives as believers. If we get grace right, our lives are going to flow so much easier, so much better, and will be more effective. And so we need grace. Somebody say, give me grace. So this is why Paul is so insistent in his writings in the Bible about the message of grace and that it be understood. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, again, he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's our believing in God's free gift of grace that saves us. It's not anything that we could do. We couldn't earn it. I remember before I got saved, when I was a teenager, every once in a while I'd decide to turn over a new leaf on life, you know. Uh, I, I was, my partying and all my being weird and all that, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm just going to turn on a new leaf and, and be a better person. That would last for about a half day. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, and so uh, we, couldn't, we couldn't be good enough to get right with God. We couldn't do enough. We had to have God's grace, didn't we? We couldn't earn it. There was a man who died and went to heaven. And of course, you know, Peter was uh, there to meet him at the pearly gates. And so Peter says, okay, here's how it works. You need 100 points to make it into heaven. You tell me all the good things you've done, and I'll give you a certain number of points for each item. And depending on how good it was, uh, when you reach 100 points, you get in. And so the guy goes, okay. For starters, I was married to the same woman for 50 years and never cheated on her, not even in my heart. St. Peter said, well, that's wonderful. That's worth three points. <laughs> three points, the man says. Wow. And I, he's slightly concerned, you know. <clears throat> he says, well, I also attended church all my life and supported its ministries with my tithe and offering. Terrific, Peter said. That's certainly worth a point. <laughs> One point. Now he's really getting worried. And he says, uh, well, uh, I started a soup kitchen in my city and worked in the shelter for homeless veterans. Fantastic. That's worth two more points. <laughs> two points. The man cried. He says, at this rate, the only way I'll get into heaven is by the grace of God. And Peter nodded and said, bingo, a hundred points. Come on in. 
grace God, right? The message of grace was so important that Paul was almost fanatical about it. In fact, he was fanatical about it. If you read, and Galatians is a real good book in the Bible to, to read through about grace, but you'll find that Paul writes some of his most blistering words to those who were trying to lead God's people away from grace, and also some of his most stern warnings to God's people about allowing anyone to be led away from grace because it's so important. In Galatians 1 verse 6, he says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who has called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. See, if it's not the gospel of grace, it's a different gospel, right? Galatians 1.8, just two verses later, and he gets a little intense here. He says, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, what gospel? The gospel of grace. To you than that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. That's pretty strong. Galatians 5 verse 12 and now he's writing uh, to these believers, and, uh, and he's referring to the ones that are trying to lead them away from grace and go back to the Old Testament law. And he said, I would that they were even cut off, which trouble you. Now, if you want to do an interesting uh, word study, I'm not going to go into the details about this verse, but it is a pretty interesting, this term, cut off, uh, you could just look it up for yourself. It's, it's a lot more graphic than what is written there in the King James Version. Uh, so you could, you could go into a Strong's Concordance and, and look and see. It's pretty, very graphic. Suffice it to say, Paul is really peeved. He knew if these believers were led away from grace, then everything else in their Christian lives was going to be messed up. Grace is God's free gift to us. Everything that comes to us, everything that we accomplish in our lives for God is because of grace. We get saved. If we get healed, uh, our needs provided for, our ability to be able to live for God, anything that we receive or do for God is by the grace of God. So, our part is simply believing. God's part is the giving. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Uh, B, we live in a world of ungrace. Un-grace. I made up that word so for this class, but anyway. Ungrace is where we depend on our performance, our doing everything just right. Okay, that's ungrace. Uh, from our earliest beginnings in school, our success was measured by test scores. And uh, anybody here besides me ever have test anxiety? Uh, I hate tests to this day. There, we, we were talking uh, some time ago in the office about IQ tests. And uh, I wouldn't take it. I would never take an IQ test online. Say why? Because 
I already have an idea of what my IQ is. Why would I take a test and lower it or risk the, <laughs> risk the chance of lowering it? I'm, you know, because I have an excellent IQ, so I say. Yeah, thank you. And so, anyway, test, you know, I, 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 would, I would get so uptight that my test would be lowered. I, it would be a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, you know, in school, we are, our success is measured by test. Uh, after we get out of school, a lot of our success in this world has to do with the, the amount of money we make and things like that. Or in other words, our performance. Uh, ungrace is where we measure things by what we do. Now, C, grace is God's new math. I like this. Grace is God's new math. Grace doesn't add things up to give us credit with God. You prayed a half hour, one credit. You read your Bible, three chapters, one credit. You didn't uh, lose it when that guy almost sideswiped you on Stockton Hill Road, two credits, you know, like that. Because of what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross and our receiving him by faith through grace, we have been credited our account. Grace is credit to our account. Listen, grace means there is nothing we can do to make God love us more. It also means that there is nothing we can do to make God love us less. And I'm going to talk again about the Christian lifestyle and how grace affects that. So uh, just next week, you'll see. But we have got to get this because a lot of us get stuck in ungrace. Ungrace. Where we think, you know, if I just uh, am better, do better, do more, then maybe God will like me better and maybe more will happen in my life. Listen, that's ungrace. Grace means God loves us regardless of our performance. And we have to believe this. John chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 says, And of His fullness we have all received, and grace for grace, grace on top of grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace means we know, are no longer graded by our performance. And somebody said, thank you, Jesus. See, that's what the law did. The law was given to show all of us that we just can't do it on our own, right? It was to prove undeniably that we can't just by following rules make it. We can't do it. And so the law, the Old Testament law was do this, don't do that. And mankind proved uh, can't, that we're failures at just following the rules, right? God's Word tells us now we are under the law of grace through Christ and our relationship with God is not based on our performance. And say again, thank you, Jesus. Now, John, the guy who wrote the Gospel of John, had a really good handle on this. He believed well. Five times he said he was the, the, the disciple 
whom Jesus loved. Five times, John 13, 23, and you've got those in your notes. For those who are viewing online, John 13, 23, John 19, 26, John 20, verse 2, John 21, verse 7, and John 21, verse 20. The disciple who Jesus loved. Man, you know, all of us would do a lot better if we could just say that about ourselves. Uh, I may have gotten laid off from my job, but I am the guy Jesus loves. You moms, uh, maybe you lost it with the kids and yelled at the kids. Uh, I may be the one who yelled at my kids, but I'm the woman Jesus loves. See, if we don't get grace right, we won't get anything else right in the Christian life. And I want you to say this with me tonight. I'm the one Jesus loves. That's grace. The grace of God enables us to receive and know that that's true. Okay. D, grace gives us access to God. This is one of the most important truths about grace because it deals with how comfortable we are about approaching God. And listen tonight, this is so critical, so important, because God wants us to feel comfortable to come to Him. We have to know that we can come to Him always. And it's a sad fact that there are a lot of believers who are really cautious about coming to God. And it may be because of their performance that day or lack of performance. It may have been because they lost it uh, when the guy almost sideswiped them on Stockton Hill Road. And so that, then it's like, oh, well, I, I blew it today, or I didn't read my Bible today, or I didn't pray enough today, or I didn't do this or that, or whatever. And so now we wonder, you know, God, I'm, I, I just feel kind of uh, like maybe I, I, I'm held at arm's length because I haven't been just performing that great as a Christian. And so... God is holy, and He is awesome, isn't He? But even though He is holy and awesome, we need to know that because of what Jesus did when He died for us, shed His blood, gave us grace, that we have the right to come to Him always. Listen, and this is one of the most important statements of this whole lesson tonight. So important that we get this. If we don't feel comfortable coming before God at any time for anything, then we need a greater understanding of grace. That is so important. I'm going I'm to repeat it one more time. Ron Simpkins, good friend, of, best friend, uh, uh, good preacher and, and great friend and all that, he uh, used to be a school teacher, and he said, you have to tell people things seven times, or students, seven thing, times to, to help them remember. And so I'm not going to repeat it seven times, I'll, I'll, but I am going to repeat it twice, because I think you guys are more intelligent than the kids he used to teach. So, <laughs> If we don't feel comfortable coming to God at any time for anything, then we need a greater understanding of grace. Romans 5, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, 
through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have access by faith into this grace. Now, God's throne is called a number of things, but for us as believers, it's called the throne of grace. Hebrews 4, verse 16, let us, he's talking to believers, those who have been born again, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Now, coming in front of God's throne to a lot of people is really a scary thing. Uh, going back to childhood things, if, uh, it would be, uh, we can think of it like getting called into the principal's office. When I was in elementary school, uh, one of the most terrifying thoughts that I had was getting called into the principal's office. Now, I'll tell you why that was. It's because I had a, an older sister, five years older than I was. When I was in first grade, she was in sixth grade, and she told me our principal's name was Mrs. Hefner. And she told me when I started school, she said, you know, uh, Mrs. Hefner has an electric paddle in her office. And if you do anything bad, she's going to call you in there, and you're going you're gonna to get it with the electric paddle. And see, in my little one, uh, you know, six-year-old first-grade brain, I'm thinking of this colossal mechanism, you know, with wheels and pulleys and a big paddle that would just, you know, beat me to a pulp. And so uh, I was uh, afraid of the principal's office, getting called up before the principal uh, and that lasted elementary school. Now, when I got in junior high and high school, I became hardened, and it didn't really worry me that much. <laughs> so, But see, people think of standing before God's throne, and they get nervous, or, or that it's in, in more adult uh, language, it's like getting called to court and standing in front of the judge. Now, I never had to stand in front of a judge, and it wasn't because I was always, this is I'm talking about before I got saved, I, it wasn't because I was always good, but I was pretty lucky. So I didn't stand in front of, but I have been to court with others, uh, and, ha, and it's not a pleasant experience when the judge is there and, and they are being judged for whatever wrong that they are appearing for, and the judge pronounces sentence. You know, even though I wasn't the one that sentence or, or the judgment was going to be proclaimed at, I was queasy. It's, it's, an, it's an unnerving uh, experience to be in a courtroom called before the judge. Many people have a fear of God's throne. When some people think of God's throne, uh, the throne of God, it gives them uh, that real queasy feeling because they picture a throne of judgment. Now, I want you to hear me tonight because for some people, there's a very good reason for that feeling. For those who don't get saved, for the unbeliever, for those who uh, reject Christ, there's a day that's coming where they will stand before the judgment throne of God, the, the great white throne judgment. 
And every sin committed will be exposed. Every lie, every theft, every evil thought, every everything. And they will stand before God's throne and judge for their sin. But listen, it gets real quiet when you talk about that, doesn't it? As Christians, as believers, as born-again Christians, we don't have to be afraid of God's throne. We are not going to be called in front of the throne to get judged for all the rotten stuff that we've done in life because Jesus paid the price. And that's what grace is all about. Ephesians 2 verse 8, the first part of that verse again says, For by grace... You have been saved. Now tell yourself, I've been saved. Now, so what have we been saved from? We've been saved from being judged for our sins. Jesus was judged for our sins, and by receiving him by faith through grace, or by grace through faith, we have been saved from judgment. That's a good thing. We don't have to work. We don't have to be afraid of dying and entering into eternity because of grace. And just shout to yourself, grace. We are also saved from having to worry about whether God will hear us if we cry out to him. Why? Because of grace. We don't have to be afraid that God is too busy or just too disinterested to help us in our lives. God's throne isn't a throne of judgment for sin for believers. It's a throne of grace. And I want to read it again, Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is so important because it's talking about our confidence and assurance of coming before God. Every one of us as born-again believers must have the assurance and confidence that we can come before God at any time for anything. You know why? Grace. Throne of grace. Let us, let us, God's people, born-again believers, come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Amen. We shouldn't be afraid. God's not a harsh, critical judge for us. He is our Heavenly Father. Say, Heavenly Father. And He's ready to help us in our time of need. Hebrews 4.16 talks about our approach to God. And we are encouraged to come to Him Boldly. Now tell yourself, boldly. Now this word doesn't mean arrogantly, but it does mean outspokenly or bluntly. That we have the assurance of coming before our Heavenly Father and speaking boldly, bluntly, outspokenly for whatever we need Him for. Whether it's uh, forgiveness or whether it's for provision or healing or help with our daily lives. Uh, uh, if you're a mom, help with your being a, a good mom, a dad, help with being a good dad, whatever it is in our life, just living the Christian life. You know how we live the Christian life? 
By grace. We need His grace. And so we come boldly before, outspokenly, bluntly. We know that we have an audience with our Heavenly Father because of grace. Isn't that good? Uh, when my son, Dan, was just learning to talk, this kid was, would come to me. And with some of the first words out of his mouth, he had a ferocious appetite. And some of the first words that he learned to speak were, I hungry. I hungry. He's like two. I hungry. I hungry. And this kid, you know, I'd throw a banana at him. And I, I remember one time I, get, I gave him a banana. And, it, and uh, I, he comes to me right after that in another room. And he says, I hungry. I said, I gave you a banana. Gone. He just inhaled it. And so, but you know, it didn't matter how busy I was. It didn't matter if I was on the phone. It didn't matter if I had important pastoral responsibilities. Uh, Dan would come right up. He, he was bluntly and outspokenly a hungry. As God's kids, children, we need to know we can come before him, not arrogantly, not demanding. I demand from God. It's a sense of reverence, but it also is a boldness that we know that He cares about us, that He loves us, and we know we can come to the what? Throne of grace. It's where, you know what the throne of grace is? It's where God decrees things, where God says, be healed. It's where God says, be provided for. It's where God makes uh, uh, decisions. His throne for us is a throne of grace. We can come boldly to receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need, whatever need that is. Now say, that's good. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We could keep this going on for a while. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop right there. I do want to pray for a couple of things. I haven't taught for a whole long time tonight, but I do want to pray. I've got a prayer and confession that I left in your notes that I'm going to lead us in tonight, but then I want to pray over us and for God's grace to flow. See, the throne of grace is where God decrees things, and tonight... There are those of us that need God's provision in our lives. And I'm just going to believe God with you for His provision. There are those here, no doubt, that need a touch of God in your body. We're going to come boldly before the throne of grace for healing virtue to flow, right? There may be some here tonight that you need God's forgiveness. Maybe, uh, probably everyone here has been born again, but if you haven't, you'll have an opportunity. We're going to, we're going to pray and you who are viewing online, if you're not confident of your uh, salvation, if you maybe have never given your life to Christ, or you have walked away from him, lived away from him, we're going to pray a prayer, and we can come before the throne of grace knowing that his forgiveness is there for us. And so let's bow our heads, and I want to just lead you in this prayer. You don't have to read it from the, uh, uh, your notes. I'm just going to lead you in it. And then I want to pray for us. So just repeat this with me. And actually, let's do this. Let, let me lead you in a prayer of forgiveness first for those 
There may be those here that you've never been born again or you've been away from God. And nobody looking around just for a moment, this is just really between you and God. You're there and just as a, a, a token between you and the Lord, no one's looking around just for a moment. You just slip your hand up and say, I need to be born again. I need to be saved or I need to be forgiven tonight. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Honest hearts tonight. I want to lead us in a prayer. and Let's all pray this. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for my sin. Thank you for grace to be saved. I believe through your grace that I am forgiven because of the sacrifice you made for me. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for the power of your grace and for demonstrating it in my life. I want to grow in grace. Thank you for giving me free access to you through grace. I can come to you boldly about anything at any time in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to just pray over us tonight, right now. And while, we're, while I pray, if you have a need for provision or for healing or whatever it is, maybe it's uh, uh, your uh, emotions or your mind or whatever that may be, just call it out. Or, and you don't have to speak it to where people around you can hear it, uh, but just speak it out to God, and we're going to believe God for His grace. We're coming boldly before His throne, the throne where decrees are made, and believe God, the Father, for decrees to be made in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, right now, we thank You that You are decreeing and You have decreed healing and You have decreed forgiveness. You have decreed mental health. You have decreed emotional well-being. You have decreed uh, uh, provision. Father, we come before your throne, the throne of grace uh, for mercy and to find grace to help in these needs right now. And we thank you for it. We come boldly thanking you for the grace of God that gives us the ability to approach your throne, your throne of grace. Thank you for decreeing it. Thank you for releasing need tonight and fulfilling our lives, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Praise God. Let's give the Lord just a big clap. Thank you. Amen. Okay, so I encourage you to be back next week. We're going to talk about more of how grace helps us in our day-to-day -day lives, and we need it. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, I have been a Christian for a while, uh, decades, but I need grace, God's grace every day. I, I'm, I'm better than I was uh, along, I'm further along and I've grown in grace, but I tell you, I've, I've got to grow up some more. I've got to grow in grace more, and God has promised it to it. So we're going to talk about how, how that God's grace helps us in our day-to-day -day lives 
next week. And then the following week, we're going to look in at some about how God's grace flows through us. See, God doesn't want His grace only to come to us, but He then makes us people who dispense His grace to others. That's powerful. And so it makes me want to just kick off and start pre-teaching what that is. But I'm not going to do it because I'm disciplined by grace. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. God bless you. Uh, God love you tonight. Uh, take those notes with you. And if you didn't fill in the blanks, cheat sheets on the back. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.